You are listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. Visit us online at rolcf.org. Hello, everybody. Mm. My voice is louder. All right. Not like that's good for you or anything. Okay. Well, first of all, thank you so much, church. I really do love you all very much. Um, thank you for all of the words that you gave me. And uh, I just want to say that this, I don't, know, I, don't know, I don't know what you think, but I know what I think. I think this is a beautiful church. I know this is a, this is a beautiful church. It was full of amazing people. I think you're all wonderful. And thank you so much for, for all of the life we've had so far and, and what we're going to have in the future. Uh, I'm just going to be there for a short little bit, so who knows. All right, well, today I'm going to be preaching out of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses uh, 15, 16, 17, and 18. If you guys want to start turning there. How many have your Bibles? If you have your Bible, say, I got my Bible. I got my Bible. If you don't have your Bible, say, I'm going to buy one. Uh, all right, I got you. Okay. Anyways, let's go ahead and pray. God, we love you so much. Father, thank you for your presence this morning during worship. Holy Spirit, thank you for moving amongst us. Thank you for the vision that's in this house, God. Thank you for the people that are here, all the resources, all of the, the wonderful love that's in this house, Father. Thank you for the spirit of family, Lord. Thank you for the community. God, we worship you in this place. We honor you with all of this, God. And we thank you for all of it. And Holy Spirit, I ask that as I speak your word, that you would touch the hearts of the believers in the room this morning. That it wouldn't be something just heard with, with the mind, but something heard with the heart, God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And this morning, I honestly believe that God is uh, giving us a divine challenge this morning. A divine challenge from the living God. And I, I'm, I'm honored to be able to, to give this to you. And I'm excited. Well, let's go ahead and read. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15, it says, For all things are for your sakes. And just a side note, I'm reading out of the King James Version. Everyone say the King James Version is the best. That's right. Praise God for the King James Version. All right. Here we go. So, for all, for all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. For which cause we faint not, but, through our out, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things that which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Everyone will say, thank you, God, for your word. Say, all right, we're excited. All right, cool. Well, this, in 2 Corinthians, I just want to give you a little bit of context. In chapter 3, the, the, the chapter beforehand, first of all, the slower and the more carefully you read 2 Corinthians chapter 3, the more your life is going to turn upside down. I can promise you that. It's nuts. And if you want to ask my dad about 2 Corinthians chapter 3, you will not be able to get him to stop talking. So, that's a warning. 
or an invitation, whichever way you see it. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul is talking about the law and the Spirit. He's talking about the letter of the law and the Spirit. There's two ministries. Ministry of, and he calls it this, and it's pretty interesting. He calls it the ministry of death and the ministry of the Spirit, ministry of life. And so in context, right here after that point, he's talking about the ministry of life. He's talking about the gospel that is full of, of freedom and liberty and grace. Not, not, not a gospel that, that, is, that is domineering on people, filled with the law and, and, and simple, simple commandments to follow, but he's talking about a gospel that, that, that makes you alive, a gospel that, that fills you, that, that makes life rich, a gospel that's worth living for and dying for. Okay, so here it says, For all things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of the God. And the word redound there, thank you, King James Version, it means like multiply or to, to get larger, to get bigger, and, and, and to continue on and on in abundance. Okay? And, and so it's talking about the gospel. It says, it says that grace might redound to the glory of God. And, uh, and this, this is the interesting thing. He says that it's all for your sake. God, God is not a God who's just made the world and filled it with people so that he could have them do what he wants. That's not the way God is. God, God is a loving God, and he made us so that, 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 that we could experience his love. He made us so that we could love him and, and do it in relationship and not out of obligation. But here it says, for all things are for your sakes. Okay? And so all these gifts that God has for us, he's given to us freely. The kingdom of God is, is for us to grab. All of this is for our sake. Christ died on the cross for our sake. And here's a side note. The idea that Christ died on the cross for you will never get old. The truth that God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever might believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life, it will never grow old. And the more we think about it, the more we ponder it, the more we meditate on it, the more we're going to be blessed. Because Christ is standing, I'm sorry, Christ is sitting at the right hand of God even now on the mercy seat. And his robe is dipped in blood. You know what that means? That means that even now, the blood is there. That even now, there's proof that Christ died on the cross. And even now there's proof that you are forgiven. Even now there's proof that you are God's beloved. That you are welcome to the throne of God. That all of the presence of God is available to you. The kingdom of God is available to you. Not because of what you did, but because of what Christ did. Because he's sitting on the mercy seat. As his robe is dipped in the blood. Proof of your righteousness. If we'd only believe it. Come on somebody. Come on. And so, he says that the, so that grace might abound, that grace might multiply through thanksgiving. See, the gospel is not something that, that, is, that is so full of obligation. The gospel should be something that is totally exciting and totally wonderful. When I was a little bit younger, a couple years ago, um, now first of all, who loves my sisters? I love my sisters. So we all, let's give them a round of applause. I love my, my beautiful sisters. I'm really happy that Christina's home. Um, but a while ago, uh, I went into my sister's bathroom and Crystal was there. And I walked in and I said, 
Crystal. And she said, what? I said, Tracy. And she was like, what? I was like, Tracy. She was like, what are you talking about? I was like, Crystal, I don't think you're getting me. Tracy, and she's like, ah, what? Are you saying what I think you're saying? I said, yeah. Because earlier that night, Tracy, a girl that I eventually dated, she told me that she liked me. She gave me her phone number. She told me to call her, and I was so happy. And I told her, Chris, I said, Tracy, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I was super happy. And, and, and I was, I, I could have told anyone. I felt like getting on top of a mountain and telling the whole world, Tracy likes me. Tracy likes me, of all people. I was so happy. There was, there was no problem with me telling anybody. I didn't, I didn't feel bad telling somebody. I didn't feel bored telling somebody. I was happy to. As a matter of fact, I couldn't help it. I was really proud of myself and, 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 and blessed. And here's the thing. The gospel, the gospel that he's talking about, Paul, in this context, the gospel of grace, it says that God wants it to abound and to adound and to, to multiply through the thanksgiving of many. The gospel is not to promote itself simply by obedience of people, but the gospel is, is to grow because of thanksgiving. The gospel is something that is so wonderful that you can't help but tell somebody. Because Christ died for us. Because we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. I can't help but tell somebody because it's so good. It's so surprising. And that the gospel would be spread through the whole world simply because we're so happy about it. Come on, somebody. That's good. That's good. Okay, so for all, for all these things are for your sakes, that the abundant grace might, through the thanksgiving of many, redound to the glory of God. For which cause, it says, for which cause we faint not, but, through our out, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Now the apostles, these guys were hardcore. They were some of the most amazing men in history. These men went to the, to the grave proclaiming the name of Christ. They were burned at the stake. They were stoned to death. They were abandoned. But they were happy doing it because they were filled with the thanksgiving that we were talking about. But he says this thing. For which cause we faint not. For which cause we faint not. He's talking about, of course, the gospel, the, the gospel of grace being multiplied throughout the world. For that cause, we faint not. Now, I've, after thinking quite a while, I've, I've discovered that, that throughout history, people unite around a cause. That people will go to war for a cause. People will assemble themselves in a, in a form of government for a cause. People will live for a cause. They'll die for a cause. They'll give everything for a cause. Some are greater than others. Even Hitler had a cause. It wasn't a good one, but it was a cause. And many people died over an idea. Just an idea. A cause. In World, World War II, we, we had a more noble cause as Americans, thank God. But it's just, it's just an idea. It's not a cause. But, but it, is one of the, it is one of the most powerful things in life, is a cause. It can change the face of the world. It can change the, the history of humanity. 
You know, and, and one, of, one of our dearest ideas, one of our dearest philosophies, one of our dearest causes that we hold to our heart is, is the cause of liberty, the cause of freedom. And I think every person in the world appreciates the idea of liberty and freedom. And the people who don't have it, they want it. It's this cause of liberty. And in the American Revolution, that's what we gathered around was the cause of liberty. George Washington called it the cause of liberty. And we wouldn't be standing here today if, if people hadn't united around that cause. Amen? Amen. Amen. I think I have some here. Now that cause, I seem to think, is probably one of the more significant ones throughout history. Is the, the American Revolution. Okay, and for this cause, men gathered together and they gave their lives for it. They gave their lives so that, that we could be here today. They, they didn't they didn't give 10%. They didn't give just their Sunday mornings. They didn't give just a potluck on Tuesday. They gave their very life. They died so that we could be free. Isn't that awesome? And George Washington said this. It says, oh, I thought I had it memorized. I have to pull it up. Pardon me. Gosh. Okay, here we go. Five, four, three, two, one. Here we go. He says this in his, uh, what is it called? Bear with me. There's general orders on July the 2nd, 1776, two days before the Declaration of Independence. I'm not going to, I'm going to spare you the time because, you know, we're kind of short on time now. Um, he gives this really long speech and it's beautiful. But the beginning starts like this. We have therefore to resolve to conquer or to die. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that situation that we could have been in, but we, we were born after it? Can you imagine somebody coming to you and saying, we have therefore to resolve to conquer or die, to win or die, there's no turning back. We have to win or we're going to die. All of that for a cause. And I want to I share with you today this idea that God gave me. This vision that God gave me of, of what we're doing here. That we're not just meeting on Sundays. This isn't just a hobby of, uh, of ours. This isn't a club. But every church, from this church, the one down the corner, to the, one, to the one, ones in Texas, to the ones in Africa, to the ones all the way around the world, we're united not by the river. We're not united by First Baptist. We're not united by, by Presbyterian or any other name. But we're united by the name of Jesus Christ. And he, above all other people in the history of the world, has now and has had and will have the greatest cause of all eternity. And this is something serious. This is something real. You can put your hands to it. That the cause that we are living for, church, is something better than anyone has ever died for, anyone has ever given themselves for, is this cause. Is, this, is the salvation of the world. I mean, that's kind of, a, kind of a cliche idea or a comic idea to save the world, but it's true. The cause is to save the world from themselves, from sin, from, from, all the, from the kingdom of darkness. Amen? And Christ, Christ is our forebearer. Christ is the, the king that we're following, our general. He's our captain, our king. We're following Christ in this cause. Now, there's a difference between the cause that we're 
living for and, and maybe someday dying for and giving our whole lives for in the cause that other people have in the past is that after they died, their cause was no more. Gandhi had a cause, but he's dead. Hitler had a cause. He had a vision, but he's dead. He's gone. And you know what? It's worthless now. Everything that they lived for was for naught because they're gone. <laughs> but you know what the amazing thing about the cause that we're living and dying for, breathing and, 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 and giving, giving every drop of sweat and drop of blood and every tear for? You know what's amazing about our cause, the cause of Christ? Is that it's eternal. That someday we're going to be at those pearly gates with Christ. Someday we're going to be at a big banquet with Christ. And we're going to see a community, a great community of a family. That are there because of us. And for all of eternity, we're going to realize and look back. That every ounce of effort that we gave for the cause of Christ was worth it. For all of eternity, we're going to realize that our life had significance. Because after we perish, after this body perishes, the kingdom of God is everlasting. Amen. 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 In Romans chapter 12, it says that we are to be a living sacrifice. And no cause... No cause is supported without sacrifice. I like the American Revolution. Those men gave. They, 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 they gave. They sacrificed. And when we support the cause of Christ, we can't expect it to not involve sacrifice either. It involves the highest sacrifice to support the cause of Christ. And it says here, for, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Now I'm talking about this, this exceeding Reward. This is exceeding reward. And some of you may have been taken advantage of by church. You might have been supporting the cause of Christ. You might have been supporting your church, supporting your pastor, supporting the community. And you might have been taken advantage of by a pastor, taken advantage of by a church, used and abused. I want to humbly apologize to you for that. But that is not what this is all about. This is not about a, a large number of people giving a large amount of money to a small group of people so that the fivefold can live it up large. That's not what this is about. This is about all of us. This is about us giving everything. Giving everything to each other. Giving everything for God. It says, it says in uh, the book of First John that... Christ laid his life down for us, so we also ought to lay our lives down for one another. And you might have been, you might have been offended in church, but I want to I tell you that in 1 Peter, the Bible, God calls you living stones. 
He says that you are stones, living stones that were rejected by men. You were rejected by men in some way or another. Rejected by the men in this world. But he calls you precious. He calls you a precious living stone. And he wants to build his temple, his kingdom, out of us. Not out of buildings, not, of, not out of concepts or anything, but out of you and me. And he calls you precious, and he wants to build something beautiful. See, a diamond in the rough is something very valuable and very beautiful, although at first glance it might not look it. It might not look very valuable. I mean, somebody might not even know what it was if they'd never seen one. You might not, might not know that, that, that it, it's, it's so beautiful because it looks just like a rock. But in the hands of the, the jeweler, that master craftsman, he starts to nick off the edges. He starts to take away all the things that, that don't belong. He starts to sacrifice the little things here and there off of the, the edges of that diamond. And, and what was always there inside, he ends up with a beautiful gem, a masterpiece. And he puts it in a golden ring. And he sets it, sets it so all can see it, so its beauty is magnified. See, we are like that diamond in the rough. We have some rough edges. We have some rough edges, but in the hands of the craftsman, in the hands of the great divine creator, God wants to do something beautiful with our lives. We can choose to stay that, that, that diamond in the rough if we want to. God loves us and he died for us for the, gift, for the forgiveness of our sins that we might be with him for all of eternity. We can stay that way or we can be set. We can be set on a golden ring. And if we, if we give ourselves to the cause, if we give ourselves to Christ, I promise you and guarantee you that God will do something magnificent with your life, something that you never imagined before. And it will be great. See, the cool thing about a cause, it, like in the American Revolution, it wasn't won by George Washington. It was won by Americans. It was won by us, by normal people. And I want to talk to you about the postmen in the Revolutionary War. See, the postmen were just ordinary guys. You might not think too much of someone who's delivering the mail. But without the postmen, we wouldn't be standing here today. Without the postman delivering the, the letters of ordinance from General Washington to his, to his army, to his officers, we wouldn't be here today. And so the point is, if you feel small, we are small. But when you give what small thing you have, which God calls us precious living stones, that means we all have something to give. We all have value. We all have something precious inside of us. He's given us gifts and if we take those gifts, if we take that little that we have and give it all, 100%, we're a part of something great. Come on. And that, 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 little, that little, little person that you think you are, you're now joined with the greatest influence in the history of mankind. That that postman has the credit of saving this nation. Come on. Come on. It's good. <laughs> You know, when I, was, uh, when I was really little, we were living up in Minnesota, and I had this BB gun. It was so nice. I loved it. It was only, we don't, you could only put one in at a time and pump it up and shoot it. Um, but I had these neighbors. They were my age, and they were, they were my very best friends. 
my very best friends. They were like my life. I'd go over there all the time. We'd do, you know, dumb stuff that kid, kids do, whatever. I think my bike got ran over by a truck. That was crazy. Anyways, um, but one day they decided to move away, and my heart was totally broken. I didn't know what to do. I, you know, I was scared. I was, they were my friends. They were, they were everything. At a, at a young age, you form a pretty tight bond like that. And, and, and so I started thinking to myself, how can I prevent this? How can I fix this situation? And so my brilliant little brain, I think seven-year-old brain, um, I came up with this great scheme. And I thought to myself, if they can't sell their house, they can't move away. And nobody's going to buy a house without windows. And so I took this BB gun of mine, and I started walking around, and, and I broke every window out of the basement floor. And I was pretty proud of myself. I was like, this is definitely going to work. So later on down the week, you get this pounding on the door. My dad goes and takes care of the problem, which was me. And uh, he takes me out to the outside of the front door and he takes and my dad you know he's an ex-marine you all, you all know my dad and, uh, he, and I was like oh, seven I guess he, he takes the BB gun in front of me and says son I don't want to ever see you do something like that again and he takes it and just <laughs> and I was like oh my god never again never again <laughs> and and then, and so I was like, okay, I was scared to death and, and, and whatnot. And, and that Christmas, at Christmas, I uh, opened, we opened all the presents, and in the corner was this long, slender box, and my dad's like, hey, son, that's for you. And so I would go open it, and then it's like, it's a new, it's better, it's faster, it holds more pellets. It's this sick BB gun that I, I could just have so much fun with. And he's like, son, this is better than your last one. And he said, I trust you, you know. And I was so, so, so blessed. Mr. Frank, an amazing man. And I, I think everyone said it probably about 100 times, but, but he has the revelation of stewardship. And he says this all the time. I hear him, and, I, and it's blessing my life. I want to say I have, I have testimony from, from what he teaches. And, 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 and this one phrase that he always says is that you cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive God. That is a fact. You see, God is a more generous God. God is more generous than everyone on the planet put together. You can trust Him. And when God asks you to give 100%, you know that when you give it, you're going to get a thousand back in return. That you will not go empty. You will not be abused. You will not be taken advantage of. But you will be taken care of. Amen? One more story. My very first relationship, yes, first girl I ever dated, that was fun. Um, anyways, this, this, this has to do with, with me meeting God, okay? Um, I had a relationship with this girl, and for the first time in my life, I, man, you know, we were, we were doing our thing, and, and I knew that I was doing things that were opposed to what my parents had been teaching me. And up to this point, I'd never known God. I was a Christian, but I'd never known God. And during that time, I started to question whether God was real and, and all these things. And, and, and I started to, to, to pursue God for the first time with my own words, my, excuse me, my own heart and, and, and everything. I started to pursue Him, and I wanted Him. And, and, 
If you remember, nothing, nothing happened at night when I'd go and say, God, show me that you're real. Silence. Nothing would happen. But there came a day uh, during, it was a youth camp, and, and it was during worship, in a time like we just had, okay? I heard the voice of God say to me, he said, if you want all of me, give all of yourself. If you want all of me, give all of yourself. And I testify to that, that it has been true my whole life. And I had never experienced God. I had never felt Him. But in that, I knew that God was asking me to give up that relationship. And I'm not saying that we are to always give up relationships that we are struggling with. That's not what I'm saying. For me, it was that case. And God said, I want, and I heard, I heard the voice of God say, I want you to give that up for me. And I was so afraid. I had never, perhaps never been more afraid in my entire life was was. To, to just imagine me going to her. We've had such a great time together and saying, I can't do this. I can't. I have to leave you. And I had never heard, like, I, I wouldn't ever hurt a fly. That's the kind of person I am, you know? And, and it broke my heart, and I've never cried. So up to that point, I'd never cried so much. Maybe as an infant, I probably cried a little bit. But, but as, as a grown person, I'd never wept like I wept after I broke up with that girl because I broke her heart. And, and it, was, it, was such, it was such a sacrifice for me. But when I gave all of me, God has been giving all of himself to me. And it's been rich. And it's been wonderful. And like that BB gun, it's been more than I ever gave. And God has taken me on an adventure. He's sending me to Colorado. And even there I'm sacrificing, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's hard for me to leave you wonderful people. It's hard to have left my life in Grand Prairie down in Texas. And right now, I'm, I, I'm kind of nomadic, kind of don't have a home, and kind of moving around. But I'm telling you, it's worth it. And if you want God to use you, He will. And if you want it, you can have it. It's yours. And so, like General Washington, we have therefore to resolve to conquer or to die. As those men gave their life for this cause, this is the. Could I have the worship team come up? And uh, could I get someone also to turn the lights down for me, real quick? I'm going to finish up here. We're going to have a time of ministry, and, and during that time, you're free to go. But uh, I really believe that this is a divine challenge for us, for me, for all of us. The General Washington said, We have therefore to resolve to conquer or to die that men gave their lives for a mortal cause, for a temporal cause, for the things that are seen. And even now, you know, in America, we're, we're struggling with maintaining that vision of freedom and that cause. Someday it's going to pass away because it's, it's, not, it's not the kingdom of God. But this is the divine call for you today. And when, when I'm speaking, I want you to imagine as if it's God speaking to you. Give it all. Give it all. Don't hold back from me. Give everything. Everything to me. Promise you, you won't go wrong if you give everything to me. There is no real hope in this world for us. 
This world doesn't offer any kind of stability or any kind of promise. But God, our Father, He has offered us a promise that is more sure than the sun. It's more sure than the sun's going to rise tomorrow. God's promises are true. He is faithful to the end. Give it all. Give it all. All of your dreams, all of your expectations, all of your hopes and desires, give it all. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this room, I want you to think about your life. And I want you to consider that maybe there are things in your heart. Maybe there are places in your life that are holding you back from God's call on your life. I want you to think of those things like, like my first girlfriend. And though it might be scary to think about sacrificing that, I want you to think about it. Maybe it's a fear for you. Maybe it's a, a fear of the opinion of men. Maybe it's a, a fear about your future. Maybe it's an offense. Maybe it's a material thing. Maybe it's a relationship. But if there's something if you can think of something in your life that you need to give, I want you to raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Some of us, and, and as far as giving ourselves to, to the cause of Christ, I want to say to you all, we need you. We need you. Not just the elders, not just Pastor Curtis, but we as the kingdom, we as the river, this family, this community. We need you. We cannot go on without you. We cannot make this thing happen without you because the kingdom of God is made of you, is made of people. Answer the call today. Answer the call to give your life for the cause of Christ. And it might happen in your own way. But every one of you has something to give. I'm not asking you to give something that I'm not willing to give. I'm not asking you to give up something that just so that for some religious thing, just, for, just so that you can feel more holy or anything like that. You're complete in Christ now. You're complete in God now. God loves you now. You're the very righteousness of God now if you believe it. That's yours. Christ is seated on the mercy seat and His robe is dipped in blood for you as proof and no one can take that from you. But I'm talking about whether you want to be that whether you want to be that diamond in the rough or you want to be that thing that's beautiful. You want to be that diamond that's beautiful. 
your life has purpose. Your life has a destiny. And so I want to encourage you, if you're not ready today, if you're not ready right now, find some time. Find some time and get along with God and give that thing away. Give that thing away. It's worth it. The call of God in your life is worth it. So I'm going to give the call one more time. And this will be it. We'll have a time of worship. And have a time of worship and you're free to go but if you wished you had responded to when dad gave the call before the message if you feel the the uh, the voice of the holy spirit right now speaking to you tapping on the door of your heart if you feel that if you feel that i want you to respond this morning i don't want you to miss out i don't want you to miss out because my heart this morning is for you. As the Bible says, all of these things are for you. It's all for you. Because God loves you. God has more for you than you know. If you feel that tapping of the Holy Spirit this morning, I want you to respond. And so if you feel that, if you feel the Holy Spirit, and if you raised your hand, I want you to come up. I want you to come up and meet me up here. I want you to come up. Thank you very much. And I want you to know that we got to do the same thing. So I know what you're going through. It's just that I got to leave my kids and my grandkids. And that, that's what I got to surrender. So I've seen your mom give you up. It's so hard. <laughs> but you be blessed. Thank you. Thank you. It's been so wonderful knowing you. Thank I you know my God. Did you play the drums? And energy. Energy. Good Lord. And that's the instrument for you. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> and I love you. I love you too. And here we go, y'all. I'm going to go up head to the drums and, and we're going to worship and so I encourage you to come up take a step you've never taken before worship God there's such an amazing anointing in this place this morning there's, the presence of God is here the king is here we're going to worship for a little while and I encourage you to come up in this area just love on God